0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Arizona State Parks and Trails podcast. At the beginning of the week, we published an episode that's a tribute to the Granite Mountain hotshots who lost their lives fighting the Yarnell Hill fire 10 years ago on June 30th, 2013. As a part of that tribute, we shared an excerpt from an episode of our podcast from season two, interviewing the park ranger, of the Granite Mountain Hotshots Memorial State Park, Jared Welsh. Jared is a lifelong resident of the town of Yarnell and remembered the day the Hotshots perished vividly. He also recalled how the community drew together and how visitors up to this day come to the park to pay their respects to the Hotshots. If you'd like to listen to his full interview, check out season two, episode 11 of our podcast. We also spoke with some other members of the community and some family members of the Hotshots to share with us for that episode and help us remember their stories. Our team member, Ken Sliwa, he goes by the nickname Gecko, worked closely with these folks in building the Granite Mountain Hotshots Memorial State Park in 2016. He spoke with our guests at length, and they shared so much wonderful information that we wanted to release the full interviews with each of them, Following our tribute episode, we've already released two of those full conversations one with Karen Norris, the mother of Hotshot crew member Scott Norris, and another with Lou Theokas, grandfather of the Hotshot crew member Garrett Zupiger. We also spoke with the former fire chief of the town of Yarnell, Ben Palm. So listen in now for Ben's full conversation with our team member Gecko. And if you've missed the other interviews or the Tribute episode itself, take a look for our previous few episodes to catch up with those conversations.
1: This is uh, Gecko with Arizona State Parks and Trails. I'm the Community Relations Administrator, and I'm speaking with Ben Palm, he is the former uh, chief fire chief for the uh, town of Yarnell. He is currently the uh, the chief officer, and is right now uh, working a fire in New Mexico, uh, helping out with the ambulance and uh, any kind of medical needs that are going on with the uh, with the efforts to fight a fire up there. So we appreciate him taking some time and speaking with us. Ben, good evening. How are you doing?
2: Uh, Good evening. Yeah. Doing real well. And uh, glad to be on here and talking to you.
1: Great. We appreciate it. Obviously all the work you've done. And we talked a little bit before we recorded. Um, I've known you probably for a good almost nine years now. You uh, met you guys working with the, uh, the original Yarnell Hill fire board that was created to uh, help determine what type of Memorial park would be created for the hotshots. You worked there with, uh, you had Amanda Marsh, you had uh, Brendan, uh, Brendan um, McDonough, you had uh, different uh, senators and state and local officials, other firefighters, the chief on that uh, committee Mm -hmm. on the board. And then we also had committees. And one of the committees you helped with was the access committee in working with where are we going to to basically get into this uh, land area where this event happened and be able to create this park and how will people interact with it. Um, and then also a lot of the work that we did later in the, uh, the board meetings with the, the parents and families and people doing, uh, giving in their information and their input about, you know, how this should look and feel and what type of of experience people would have ultimately, uh, when they came to our Memorial State Park. And then later with the, uh, the park that's in town and the people that kind of help work with that too. Um, and then of course you, um, you've been uh, kind of working uh with within the fire how long have you been a firefighter up there now
2: so i started in uh, 2011 okay so i guess i'm think i'm in my well it make me in my starting my 14th year
1: okay.
2: in yarnell
1: and then of course you you travel around quite a bit and you work other fires and you help uh within like the southwest or all over the country as the need uh, arises
2: yeah i work all over the country uh and a lot of, mostly in the west but i have been back in the east coast and I work uh, with the incident
1: management teams. Yeah, of course, most of the fires and efforts that we have tend to be down, you know, all the way on the kind of western side of the country yeah. from Washington all the way down uh, to us. Um, so thank you for all the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate you guys all the time. And and I think part of what we had discussed with other folks, too, is the park, when people go visit, they're getting information about wildland firefighters. They're learning about events. They're kind of learning from things that have happened uh, from a visitor perspective, but then also the fire um, uh, firefighters go up and they do hikes and they'll do uh, staff rides where they learn right. about the uh, the incident and kind of walk through the steps and sort of learn from things that happened. Um, so it's also become kind of a teaching uh, experience. It's educational for people that don't know what different types of firefighters do, um, and it's also obviously very uh, personal, emotional, and it's physical. So you're you're doing a right. lot of the types of things that the guys did. And I know you've hiked the, uh, the trail several times, uh, almost in the footsteps of where the, the hotshots were. Yeah. And you uh, you're very familiar, obviously with, with how difficult it is H- having hiked it before it was even a trail. You helped identify yeah. the trails right. and uh, made it so that we could get down to that area safely. Um, it's only about a mile from the trail head to the actual fatality site at the end of the trail. But in order to get there, yeah. you had to help find a route that was about three and a half miles winding through the, the weaver yeah. mountains mm-hmm. uh, which was which was great obviously we couldn't have done a lot of this stuff without your your help and your knowledge um, having lived in the town and everything uh, you know uh, from the past having been a firefighter for for five uh, two years prior to this event uh, some of the guys and some of the history of the work that wildland firefighters do um, what's your kind of perspective on how things were i guess maybe then to now in terms of of the work, uh, safety, you know, things that people have learned from different events that have happened over the years.
2: Well, um, well, some of the, um, some of the changes that have come upon the fire world, the wildfire world, especially has been, uh, we're always aware of even more now. I mean, we've always been aware of the weather and what goes on, but we pay attention to, the concepts and things that have happened in the Arna Hill fire, such as the hottest day of the year, uh, the start of the monsoons, um, clouds coming in, uh, smoke going up into massive columns that can collapse. Um, while well, this was always looked at and given a uh, weather out to all the guys in the line, this is something that we really focus on and, and many times have extra meetings, that maybe weren't done before um, looking at this and concern and paying attention and pulling people out quicker. Um, this is something that definitely happens more often now on, you know, years that it gets extreme like this, the same as it was there being the hottest time. And yeah. and there's been other fires that like the dude fire that was similar in the sense of the hottest part of the uh, season and, and those kind of things. So yeah, so that's a big focus. Uh, medical, having care there for people is always another big focus um, to, you know, those guys obviously they didn't make it, but, you know, had, had they, um, you know, had that many people and maybe some made it and were burned and hurt. There definitely has been more, would have needed to have been more medical personnel there. So that's something the fire world and the, uh, has taken from this and, and other incidents that's happened in the past. And has decided that, hey, we need to do more, especially in the Southwest, uh, focus more on medical stuff. And then also uh, the weather and knowing what's happening, what's coming, really focus on this stuff.
1: No, and that's, that's great. Obviously, uh, every part of the country has got different uh, weather and circumstances, environmental things that are going to affect it. And, of course, in Arizona with our monsoons, the the crazy winds, the surprise storms. Um, I know the fires themselves create their own weather to an extent once they've, Mm -hmm. they've grown to a certain size and that creates a lot of uh, unpredictability. So um, it's great to know. Yeah, obviously you guys uh, are taking different elements of of the science and technology and kind of applying those to things and making sure moving forward, obviously that people are doing everything as safe as possible and everybody's uh, aware of, of, everything that's necessary to be to be safe, the conditions, the weather, the climate, all these things.
2: Yeah, and there's currently some testing going on to uh, have GPS, some type of a GPS uh, signal from the different um, engine companies and probably hotshots and different crews that would be able to look at where they're at at any time.
1: So and seeing that's them in at a status. real time.
2: Yes, yeah, that's something that has started working right now and is in some kind of a testing phase they've been working on.
1: Great. Now that's, I mean, anything they can do with, you know, safety equipment and and notifications, radios, you know, whatever the things are that are necessary to, to help keep all those guys safe so they can do the job. Um, and you don't have to do as much work on your end in terms of medical and safety and things also. So that uh, helps everyone all the way around. I know another uh, aspect of things that's really helped both in Yarnell and uh, in other areas of the state is the the firewise, the defensible space work, um, helping to people to understand when you live in these different areas that have, um, uh, they're accessed by the, the the desert as well as these other uh, climate areas that can create um, the potential for fire in these these large dry areas that may not have burned in in fifty or more years. Um, you you were instrumental in helping uh, Yarnell uh, create fire breaks and and deal with the the overages of of brush and shrubs and things that p- could potentially cause a fire. And then three years later in 2016, uh, there was a fire. Uh, I guess it would have been uh, east of the Yarnell fire across the highway. Mm-hmm. But because of the efforts that you and others worked with, you were able to to keep that very manageable and. It didn't come down to where it it injured anyone or destroyed any buildings or anything. Uh what do you have to I guess tell people about the that kind of work or that um that safety aspect?
2: Yeah, so when uh one of the things when I become fire chief is I started looking at right off the bat how are we gonna stop this if this was gonna happen again on the other side. And about a month after the uh Yarnell Hill incident, the state came to me and said, Hey, we have a grant. That we can help you with to start working on this if it's something you're interested in it was a blm worked with the state of arizona the state of arizona came to to me and said hey can you would you be able to work this so we started working a real small project it was about six acres behind some people's homes and then it just continued to grow for three years we just continued to get more grants from the same aspect from the blm and the state of arizona And we just kept working and ended up doing close to 100 acres. It was about 90. I think the time we got done was 90-something acres. And uh, all uh, from Yarnell, people we hired, and and through the grant money. And so, yeah, we went behind all the way, a big portion of around the whole east side of town. And so when the fire did come in 2016, the Tenderfoot fire, we were able to burn behind people's homes because it was trimmed and thin and, and make a lot of the black. To where the fire didn't come into town, and so we only lost a, a shed and some um, emergency equipment stuff up on top of the hill by the towers, and that was it. We were able to, instead of losing a bunch of homes, we were able to protect them, and so that was a uh, pretty amazing with the uh, cooperative agreement with all the different groups came together and yeah, made a difference on the east side of uh, Yarnell.
1: No, that that's fantastic because obviously it would have been, you know, horrible to have that happen. And of course I know after that fire they also dealt with the the after issues with fires, which were the mudslides and yeah. the lack of, uh, of of content to sort of keep the ground together. And also uh what is it called when the fire burns the dirt and then it becomes hardened so the water doesn't penetrate after a fire. So that that actually makes the water kind of beat off or not soak into the ground as much, which also yeah. helps with the flooding and, and problems and the lack of vegetation now. So I know they had mudslides on highway 89 uh-huh. that had to be cleared out.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. We had to shut down the highway uh, after the, on the mudslides for a period of time to clean it all up. Cause the, the big mess damaged a lot of floods through people's homes and businesses.
1: And so we've seen a lot of that around the state uh, the last few years with uh, several large fires with the big, for- uh, Bighorn fire down uh, near Tucson a few years ago. And that was near one of our parks and we actually used the park as a staging area for all of the folks that were coming out to work that fire. Right. And uh, of course we had the, the after effects from that as well with, you know, the devastation from the fire, but also the flooding and the issues with uh, the, the loss of vegetation, wildlife, things like that. So all of that work that you guys are doing uh, to sort of pre-work, I guess, or preventative work is very important that we want to mm-hmm. just help illustrate and stress to people that if you are living in these areas, you know, please take mine and contact the people at Firewise, or work with your local fire departments to kind of help manage the potential for, for future problems. So again, all the work that you guys do is amazing. Uh, so the work that we had about nine years ago, when I first met you, I know a lot of things have happened. We've been involved in the, um, the anniversaries each year um, and they tell stories about the guys and they have like that, that history of knowing the work that they did uh, being in the, in the same family of a, uh, of work that they did, as well as knowing a lot of the people. Uh, what do you? What are some of your thoughts that you have from the guys in terms of their, their dedication and their their commitment? And I know they we talk about their teamwork and how they were a family together, and they were together as a team in life and working. And then also now um, at the fatality site, uh, what do you have? I guess in terms of some of your thoughts.
2: Well, you know, I work with the the different hotshots, teams each year i'm on the fire with them and talk to them and uh, one of the things you're going to see with hot shots is that they always work together in a tight group they're very tight knit uh, very hard working extremely hard working um, they're just a family and they go in there and it's e- even after they've gone and i work with guys that have been you know hot shots 20 30 years ago and they're still part of that family so even through their whole life so you never leave that um and so when the the granite mountain Hotshots, when they had their they were the same way as everyone else they were a team they worked hard together they uh slept they ate they everything was together and so you know they were focused on on a job they're focused on getting the things done they need to get done and that's the way they all are and so it's just they're just like all the in the sense of the other teams they're uh the same way and um
1: so it's kind of consistent all across the country for all the hot shot teams i mean they come from maybe smaller communities in some cases sometimes not um but but they do develop that long standing history and relationship and working with those groups for many years um and you know obviously hoping that that there's no future problems or disasters or things that that hurt anyone in the future but um I know one of the things that uh, some of the folks mentioned was the guys didn't really like notoriety. They didn't want to be thanked or patted on the back or, you know, recognized for each individual thing they were doing. Each of those jobs that they did and the fires and the protection they provided was, like I said, um, it was like a commitment for them. It was in their, their makeup. It was something that they were called to do. Um, do you do you have, I guess, maybe thoughts or experience from from that kind of aspect of, like all firefighters, everybody wants to thank them. You helped save my car, my house, my, my land, in this case, entire towns with the hotshots. How do you think that felt kind of afterwards? You know, obviously people are very proud of them and they know they're the work that they do is dangerous and it's, um, you know, a huge sacrifice for them and their families, but.
2: Yeah. So each, each of the uh, people that go out on wildland fires, you know, they're away from their families for a long time. And, So it's a sacrifice for their families. Um, You know, for them, it's a sacrifice, I guess, in some in some way, because you're also away from your family trying to make money to survive and and make make things meet. Yeah. As far as people. In each one, of not, you know, gratitude is great. We all love gratitude and a pound the back. But the reality is that's not why we're doing this. It's a job. It's it's, I guess it almost be like a calling in one way, because it's just something it's it's you have the ability to go out and make a difference everywhere you go. And so that's, that's the job. And you're not looking for any kind of reward or, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's more of each other. Hey, look what we, you know, we did working together as a team working together on a fire where one big team comes together. And that's what it's about. And I, I come out every year because I enjoy the people I enjoy. It's a challenge, I guess, is what a big part of it. And that's the same way with hot shots. I mean, it's a challenge up there. They're, they're out there. They've got a job to do. And when they get it done, they're, you know, it's a fulfillment. And so uh, each one of us want to fulfill the things that, uh, and I guess it's also a little dangerous and, you know, maybe each one of us have a little bit of something like to live on the edge a little bit and especially the hot shots more than most of us uh, are out there in the, in some pretty uh, crazy circumstances and pretty big fires and uh, so it's, you yeah, know, it's pretty amazing.
1: Well, and I know that um, one of the things I've, I've been reflecting on, you know, not having the, the honor to know any of the guys beforehand, but getting to know so many people afterwards. And one of the things that um, that uh, Lou uh, Theokas had said was, you know, tragedy brings people together. And so the aftermath of all this kind of brought the three towns somewhat together, you know, the people helping each other. Uh, that lost things and and helping the neighbors that they may not have known as well before, but now ten years later, and they continue to have events and and people get together for other reasons besides the ah uh, the fire anniversary. But I think it's created you know a different sense of camaraderie and pride uh, for that those areas where people are living in these ah uh, places that were affected by the fire. Uh, but something that I sort of thought about was you know while the the horrible event that happened ten years ago. Uh, was mostly what people talk about. I, I look at the fact that you know these places were put up in perpetuity, these different parks, these statues, these signs, the stuff at the uh, Pioneer Cemetery, the tree from the alligator juniper and the, the dose fire. Um, these have, have become sort of places for people to heal and reflect mm-hmm. and celebrate the lives and and have those memories of the guys. And it's going to be here forever, long after we're both gone. Um, and there's not very many things in life that create that. I mean, you do a lot of amazing things and you've got your family and your, your friends around you and they know what you do, but maybe the outside world doesn't know as much or it doesn't leave as big a mark, um, as the, the, uh, the accolade might, might, um, require, but. With these guys, you know, were not—they uh, were always regarded and thanked, and and loved and respected for what they did. But now they've—they've they've got this sort of eternal place where people, and generations to come, are going to know, learn about them, educate themselves, and hopefully make things better in the future. So I sort of try to look at that—that that positive or happier aspect of it that I've been able to be involved with for for nine years. That uh, something I never would have thought, you know, would have happened. I yeah starting this job and getting involved in all this and meeting all your people. So,
2: Well, one of the things is, you know, when this tragedy comes out of tragedy is we want to always remember them and always honor them. And so when they originally put up in people's Valley, a place where you could stop with the sign boards after the fire. Um, and then they moved it into Yarnell by the ranch house. That is where it started. The aspect of all us getting together and going, you know, how, what are we going to do when, when we have to take this down because you know, it wasn't going to be, we knew it wasn't going to be able to stay there forever. So that's when we started having meetings uh, in the middle of town, just a few people got together that were interested in it and started towards the, the local one in town started, we started working on, okay, where are we going to get a piece of property and how can the fire department help and to honor these guys. And in, in, in the middle of all that, we also had the state it was like, Hey, we want to put together a park. We have, uh, Anchorage here That we want to put together How are we going to put this together Let's get a, a board And then uh, you know The rest of history As far as that goes But uh, yeah So that's how it, it all started Come out of this Was people want to you know, Make sure we don't forget them And honor them for forever
1: Oh absolutely And, and that was a A fascinating and emotional A a a great experience That I consider The, the greatest honor of Of my job here Is helping other folks along with yourself to to put this all together and to make this something that's going to last forever we didn't list everyone's name that helped there are hundreds of people that volunteered and donated and and gave their their own time along with yourself and um i know having all these pieces and things around helps us obviously uh, remember and everyone heals in their own way um i was actually looking back at some of the old photos and um the first day that we came down to work on the deployment fatality site, they still had the fencing around it from when the um, the area was being investigated. And it was still state land, but we had just purchased the land. And there was a shirt, there was a crew shirt from the hotshots hanging up on the fence. And and uh, Daryl Willis had put it um, mm-hmm. there on one of the rocks uh, after the events had concluded and the investigation, and then it stayed up on that fence for However many months or possibly a couple of years before we got in to be able to start doing that work. And I took that shirt and we protected it. It's actually on display at the uh, the center in Prescott at the mall um, in a glass box, along with the information for the park. And so, I mean, all these little pieces, somebody leaves a challenge coin or a mm-hmm. patch from their fire station or a hat or a shirt. Um, everyone, you know, kind of has a piece of that to say, I, I came here, I gave my respects. Uh, the park you you helped create was amazing and it really uh, honors the guys you know memory um from from the kind of work that they did and it helps so many more people understand you know the challenges that you guys have and the uh the trouble that that can can happen and you know how many people it affects and this has affected millions of people probably all over the world in 10 years so
2: yeah and and some of the things with the park what was uh, amazing was it came together pretty quick after the incident and a wide group of people that could come together of knowledge. One of the things for me personally is knowing all the different aspects of the town and because and, I've been there long enough to see what's going on, listen to the people, talk to the people, knowing all the landlocked and how, you know, where the the deployment site was, there wasn't any way to get in through the town. Uh, without buying some kind of a land and and private land and all that so that's when started looking at different aspects of it and and been up and down that uh hill many times running on uh, fires and running on uh you know car wrecks motorcycle wrecks and so it was i just remember that pull out and Mm. that's how it kind of came it just happened to be in the right spot and looking at it and went this is The only literally that was the only place that it could have happened was at that pull out right there at that where it is right now. There was no other place on the hill from the point of where the state had its land going down. The further down you went, the harder it would have been to get up to the top. So, yeah, it just was one of those circumstances that just happened to be in the right spot and happened to find it. So it was uh, pretty amazing just to be a part of that whole thing. Uh, Just amazing people on that uh, committee. And just uh, like I said, it was a privilege to be a part of that. So,
1: well, and it's, uh, I think, as we continued too, and you were, uh, uh helped us out quite a bit during the, the dedication process of that and bringing all the teams yeah. together and all the different yeah. agencies that had to kind of participate, closing roads and airspace and getting people in and out safely and, um, dealing with media and the families and being very respectful of all of that. Um, has that, I guess, is that probably the worst it's the worst loss of of life of firefighters since 9-11 but i know that um you know no one wants to have a lot of those events be personally connected like that if they don't have to and we didn't want to have to build a memorial park for anything but we were we were honored and fortunate to be able to do that for for such a great group of people for such an important thing um I guess, what do you maybe take away from, from that experience of working through the whole process from the fire to the design of parks and then still doing this job? I guess, what's your what's your takeaway from all that stuff?
2: Well, it, you know, when I started the whole process to become the fire chief, I, I really didn't know what to expect. And there wasn't a whole lot of people around me that knew what to expect. Uh, Cause it's not something that happens very often. And of course, I was obviously like you just stated not, not to this uh, amount of people, the 19 guys that, uh, that uh, brothers that died. So it was every day was a new day, a new challenge, a new trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do to make things better, to make things go forward uh, to heal with the town? Cause you know, this was happening, but also we had all the structures lost So as a fire chief. I'm working with that trying to help out with those uh, different people that all the things they went through. Um, so just working through all these different aspects, each day was a new day. You just get up and go, here we go, the right stuff. What I get, get done today. And then, you know, as I met with you and met with the state parks and, and working through that, all the different aspects of, of, you know, how to get this uh, park up and going with, you know, you guys doing it and me just giving some information, you'd call me up and I'd say, well, this is, let me look and I check and say, this is what we have. And you guys have moved forward. And so, you know, you guys were the ones that really pushed and got this going. I was, I felt like I was just there to be a liaison for the town to help things move along so we could get accomplishment through dealing with me, knowing the issues of the people in town, knowing the issues with the people that were close to the area that was being impacted. Um, so I was just, it was just awesome to be a part of that. But yeah, like I said, there was no way to really prepare myself for it. There was days I felt like I was treading water. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you know, you just get up and do it again each day, and uh, just it's helped me in my life to just always keep moving forward. Learned a lot from everybody. Learned a lot from you guys. Learned a lot from all the people around. Uh, Just a great community of of all like you said, all types of volunteers, all types of people, just focusing on uh, always memorializing and and having a great memorial for these these uh, 19 hot shots.
1: Well, and I I think back too to that comment about the tragedy, bringing people together and it does. So you have a, a family member that might have a funeral, you know, all the family that may not have seen each other for, you know, 10 or 20 years, they show up to, for grandpa's funeral or what have you. Uh, for this, I mean, the whole state turned out, you know, people from all over the world were aware of what had happened. Um, everybody wanted to find ways to help in some way. Um, I mean, it had such a, a broad, um, ex- expansive mm-hmm. wave of of sadness and respect, and you know all these things that happened initially that have eventually over ten years worked theirself more into. You know, people do have their celebrations every year, and we have the anniversary events. Uh, but it's not the kind of thing you do for maybe more personal family or one person where you would maintain that level of of awareness and work that you do every year. But these guys, you know, did such great work that they earned basically the the, the respect and the accolades of people. And even though they would probably would laugh at having statues made of them or, you know, a park in their name or things like this alive mm-hmm. or not, I think that, um, you know, it says a lot for all the people like yourself that helped do the work to, to put this together after the fact that, that all these people care and that you guys are a family. So we want to thank you again for all your help with that. Um, and then the fire that you're on now, where are you at, in New Mexico? Uh, it's a little town called El Rito. It's
2: uh, it'd be west of Taos, maybe okay. a little southwest of Taos.
1: So, how big of a of a crew of people are out there? How many folks are out there helping?
2: Well, it's a Type Three team, so there's uh, probably a little more than 150 right now. So, it's not a big fire.
1: Well, and that's one of the things too that you you have the unique opportunity, like you mentioned about working in in my role, is that you get to travel around the the, the <laughs> different states or the country and you guys are instantly like connected and your brothers and you're mm-hmm. all in the same, uh, same work and you can just drop yep. into the job you have to do. And people know mm-hmm. that you have their back. Um, oh yeah. Know, you know, you're well-trained. You guys have gone mm-hmm. through all of the the highs and lows, the kind of work you guys do. It's a week here. It's a month there. It's traveling around and leaving your families and, and friends as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. um, lots of love and respect for the work that you guys do as well. So, you know, thank everybody out there and make sure that they're all safe, obviously, and uh, keep take care of yourself. Uh,
2: um, I guess the, the biggest thing for me is that uh, one of the things that sometimes maybe people forget is that the 19 guys and, and doing an amazing job, working hard. And then as uh, this tragedy happened, the thing happens, all the family, all the connections of their immediate personal family they're still impacted, continue to impact. And those are the ones that we also need to make sure we never forget to be uh, encouraging them to be come alongside them from here on out. Cause there's always going to be more tragedies, but we definitely want to make sure that we be there for the families and always honor their loved ones in a proper way.
1: No, that's a great point. Thank you for, for saying that. I know obviously they left wives, girlfriends, you know, parents, brothers, sisters, um, and that can never be replaced. And a lot of people do tend to overlook. And I know a lot of those families and groups have created charities and groups that, that help with, um, awareness, training, getting equipment, helping with money and, uh, just keeping their, you know, that their love alive for, for the work that they did. So, um, that's another great reminder though, for when this anniversary comes around, you know, to hug one of the, the families or, you know, tell them thank you. And, see how Mm -hmm. people are doing so yeah we appreciate that uh, thought Mm -hmm. Uh, all right sir well let me uh, i'll let you go i know you have a lot going on over there and i appreciate (laughs) you taking some time it's not the easiest situation but um it was great for you to uh, spend a little time with us so thank you
2: yeah no thanks a lot i appreciate the call and good seeing you again